Okay, we're ready. We're ready for another. So, wait, wait, okay, well, I really, you really came out with a strong energy, and that was good, and I ruined it, and I apologize. I wasted it all. This is you. This is well, me, by the way. Nope. Yeah. Flip it. <laughs> we read each other's notes this time. Actually, did you hear the McElroy brothers re-recorded an entire episode of their podcast where they each read the other people's part? Mm. They transcribed the whole thing, and then everyone went one over. <laughs> Total mad lads. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Museum of Modern Games. Uh, what's the date today? I don't know. April something? April, April 19th. April 19th. 420 tomorrow. <laughs> 420, blaze it, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, but we're not into that. We're talking into talking about games. That's what we're into. That's what we like to do. Uh, today's game, what is it, Ryan? What are we talking about? We're talking about a little indie game today. An and independent here's, game? Here's what I have to say about it. Dap dap, dap dap, dap dap, dap dap. Okay, we got that out of our system. No, no uh, more of that. No, we're we're forbidden from doing that for the rest of the episode. So this is what is this game? This is because a game called Dap. This is an important thing to discuss because right out of the right out of the gate here, we played some smaller games for this podcast. Did, yes. Did you look up? I I tried to get a sense of how big how big. This is compared to other games we've played. But my issue is I couldn't really... It's it's hard to get like accurate um, sales figures on Steam. Yeah. And plus, a lot of games are on multiple platforms. So as a means of comparison, I looked up number of Steam reviews. Because this of, is primarily on Steam, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's only been released for, P- for PC. Yeah, so lay it um, on me. Tell me some okay. comparisons. Hold on, so, hold on. I need a baseline of... Uh, how much? How many? No, no, I have it written down. I have them. Don't worry. Okay, okay, I got them. I mean, we're gonna don't look at my notes because this okay. is gonna be a little, mm-hmm. a little game we're gonna play. Uh, first, first off, real quick, this is like an atmospheric top-down action game with some horror elements. It was developed and published by uh, husband and wife team. Yes, called Melting Parrot Games, and uh, they're out of Melting Parrot. Clearly, just two words that they threw together. <laughs> well. Who knows? It works. It um, sticks with you. They're from Melbourne, Australia. That was actually not that bad. No, it was very offensive, I'm sure, to <laughs> actual Australians. But it was released in July of 2021 for PC. And it's a it's a husband and wife team. I always think of Jane and Wayne Schuyler <laughs> <laughs> from Tim and Eric. But um, okay, wait, wait, so wait no. question. Could you, could you make a game with your wife before we go? Oh, more? God, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't don't you ever say that again. <laughs> okay, so don't look at my notes. Look away. Not, Close your eyes. Okay. So I'm gonna reference some other small games we've played. Uh let's, let's M- Mass Effect. <laughs> really little indie studio. Um Kentucky Route Zero. 
That's take a small a guess. game. That take a guess be... at how many Steam reviews it had. That's a fringe game at best. It's a kind of it's a beloved by a very small group. Can what? you can Cold you give classic, me a, I would say. Can you give me a baseline of a game and, and just give numbers to me for a game just okay. so I know what Kentucky Route Zero has 2200 some reviews as of Which April 1st. It seems tiny to me. 2000 I I thought that was more than I expected. But take a guess but what, what's like a popular game though? You're comparing it to like, um, the smallest. I don't know. Look up Hades. Played. Look up Hades. Quick. Okay, okay. We're gonna look up Hades. Okay, so there's at least Hades has over a hundred thousand reviews. It has two hundred and six thousand reviews. Okay, so Hades, big big game. Two hundred and six, almost a quarter of a million people have wow. reviewed it. Okay. okay, on Steam and keep in mind again, that's that's obviously multiple platforms. Yeah, so way 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 more than that. Right. And um, KRZ has 2,000. KRZ, 2,000. Okay. Um, take a guess to West of Loathing. Uh, I'm going to say 8,000. You looked. You fucking looked at I my notes. I did That's correct. Okay. <laughs> it has I about 8,000, roughly. A little over 8,000. Take a guess at how many reviews this game has. DAP. This game is... Uh, I'm not looking... This game is I'm gonna say comparable to KRZ and I'm gonna also I'm just gonna go two thousand right down the bat. One hundred seven. Are are we no one's gonna like this episode? No one's gonna listen to this. But but okay, listen to this though. I did think it was important to to say that because this isn't just the least popular game we played. It is the least popular by a huge margin. Yeah, no, that's that's eye opening. I I thought, just to spoil it, I thought this was a pretty damn good little game, and yeah, I was really agreed. shocked when I looked, when I realized how underappreciated it is. So you may you may be right. Maybe nobody will <laughs> listen to this episode, but I did think it was important to record it because I think this is a game that deserves some more attention. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, Paul and Iris will listen to it. <laughs> yes, yeah, at least. Um, but no, if... Uh, Hopefully, we can spread the word about this game, though, for real. A little bit, at least. I mean, it, it certainly deserves some more attention. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll start out with our verdict. Well, we kind of, kind of have gotten into it a little bit, but um, Ryan, why don't you hit him with a brief gameplay description? Yeah, uh, so you're a dap. Um, a little little goober, a uh, little, little humanoid, little white nondescript humanoid, homunculus. Homunculus is a great That's word. Um, and there's other daps around that you can get to kind of follow you. Limited vocabulary, <laughs> the, exclusively the word dap. In fact, but um, one more thing, just a quick aside. I don't want to derail you. Yeah, I no. think one reason this game might have been l- gotten less popularity than it deserved. It's hard to look up because the name is so short. That's kind of got true. that thing going. You have and to it's like a little cl- too close to that dance move that the kids do. Dab. It's called dabbing. Dabbing, yeah. It's just a little hard to find. Uh okay, sorry. No. Back that's to the gameplay. Um yeah, so you this dab you it, it, it's uh I guess overhead uh top adventure down. top down adventure game. Um you are primarily, you know, uh oh god, I'm terrible at this. Can you can you handle this? Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, if you've played a top-down action game, I mean, think of Zelda, uh, like the, the Super Nintendo Zelda. Think of Hades. Like, you know the verbs you can do in this game. You can yes. you can slash, you can dash around, you can shoot projectiles. 
the one additional thing you can do is like recruit other daps by lighting these fires. Yeah, a lot of people call it like dark Pikmin, which I I've never played Pikmin, so I can't. Yeah, I really... can't comment on that. Yeah, I don't know anything about Pikmin. They sound less cool than dab they, daps. They do. Um, but I did I did hear that as a reference point. But, um, it's a very simple game. Yeah, simple, but. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing. That's not a bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good way. It's not a bad thing, especially for this scale of game. I think. Yeah. If they would have tried to do too much with this game, it would have not been good. I think as it is. Well, I think if you're, as far as people, I would recommend this to. If you're into retro games, like I think part of the appeal of the retro game community isn't just the nostalgia. Like that's part of it. Yeah. But it's also a desire for games that aren't so complicated like they're not constantly introducing you to like well now you can do this oh but don't forget you can craft oh and you have this skill tree oh and don't forget to check your quest log and like this is just a A nice straightforward game yes uh, agreed and you know there are some subtleties to it i'm I'm actually when we get more into the gameplay we'll we'll come back to that but there are some subtleties that i want to talk about but yeah that's a good uh, overall description um and at least as far as for my verdict, I think this is a great little game. I mean, you know, it's hard not to let the uh, size of the studio and the popularity kind of influence you, but it certainly deserves more eyes on it for sure. What struck me about it the most, honestly, is how kind of cohesive and polished it is. Yeah. The If you look at the visual, and we'll talk way more about these in the, in, in later on, but the visual aspect, the sound design, oh, the sound con- design, the controls, the you know, over the, like everything is good. Maybe not. I mean, maybe there are some aspects of it that are great for sure, but everything is good. There's not anything that stands out as bad in this game to me. Yeah, I would agree. I think it, it's simple, but what stands out about it to me is the atmosphere. Yes. It does this thing where it constantly oscillates between feeling tranquil to times where it feels more tense or ominous, and it's yeah. often done through these subtle shifts in the in the music. Um, yeah, there's there's an anxiety creep that happens yes. in this game in certain places. That's pretty cool, and it's it's remarkable they were able to do it with with such simple visuals. Like I said, it's a lot of it comes through um, through the music. Yeah, and and a lot of people have pointed out in in the reviews that do exist about the horror element of the game. You know, yes. there there is this overtone of horror in the game, which is cool. I mean, it's a cool add-on to you know, this whole complete game. Yeah, the uh, the contrast between the very like childlike dap and the a lot of the other creatures through their appearance and the way they sound when they talk. Yes. Um, they feel very threatening, um, and it, it really just it gives you this really unique feeling. Uh, definitely check this game out. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a it few out. bucks on Steam, and you'll be supporting a game that really deserves to have been more of a, a success. I hope this these these two uh, this married couple makes more games. I think they have oh, yeah. a lot of talent. And you know, to piggyback off that, we actually wrote uh, Paul and Iris, and they very graciously accepted to answer some questions that we had about the game Ooh, nice. so yeah you'll you'll get to hear that later in the episode and we'll also talk a lot more about that dichotomy that you're talking about of the childlike naivete of the depths and the kind of overarching horror element to the game 
and how that influences the graphics, how it influences the environment. That that comes into play in a lot of different ways in this game. So I'm really excited to talk about that and their opinions on why they did that and everything. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I have not uh, seen the replies, so I'm, yeah. I'm uh, waiting for that. Even Chris is on the edge of his seat here when you know it. The replies. Okay, so um, we this I guess this is a type of game that you can't really spoil too much, but. We will insert a spoiler warning here. I'm gonna spoil the shit um, out of this thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. The story, it's worth saying as well, is very minimally told. There's not um, not much in the way of dialogue. It's mainly just told through the visuals, and a lot of it's kind of open to interpretation. But um, yeah, if if this <laughs> if if you're really worried about spoilers, uh, play this game first, and then. Turn Come this back. back on. Come back, please. And listen to it 10 times on repeat. We need those downloads. <laughs> Loop it. Cool. Uh, let's go into uh, our, our continued thoughts about the gameplay. So, again, you, you pretty much know all the verbs that you can do in this game within the first few minutes of playing, it doesn't really throw a lot of new things at you. It builds them gradually, though, in in your new powers. Yeah, you get... um, It's worth noting that you kind of end up with this train or this cluster of daps following you as you progress through the levels. You you recruit them... It's kind of interesting. They're they're kind of floating above these flowers, and when you light a fire, they're drawn they kind of to it. Make this bubble pop sound. That was much better <laughs> than mine. <laughs> um, and they follow you around. And the more daps you have following you, the more powerful certain abilities are. Like you can do this charge shot, just like in real life. The more just, friends you have. The, the more, more powerful you can become an influencer in this <laughs> yeah. game. This game is all about social media. That's what it is. And about the corruption of social media. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> that is the uh, the corruption that has... That's our read before. on this game. Yeah. I'm sure Paul and Iris Wildly will agree. incorrect. <laughs> um, the, I guess the only real power-ups you get are the shotgun blast. Yeah. And the you eventually can like launch daps as a kind of a bomb. Yeah, that is upsetting to me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> And I like the character that gives that to you is kind of a, I don't know, you could, he could be interpreted in different ways. He He's the first one to tell you that the DAP themselves are corrupted. Yeah, he's, he's his claim is that they're not purely good either, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're part of this corruption that is threatening the forest. Um, but I guess as, as far as gameplay goes... What yeah. I want to emphasize is it's it's pretty straightforward. You're not there's not a lot of moves to play around with. Uh, um, it, it, yeah, with the additional wrinkle of the accumulating other depths, which I I just have to say as a side to the gameplay, I like that you have to like they could have just made it so they automatically start following you and so I like the fact that you have to engage them and then sometimes you have to engage them twice. Yeah, you know? you have to you say dap dap and then. Dap, 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 dap. Yeah, yeah. You can't have it's to like, do it. Yeah. You have to have this little conversation before the... They need a little bit of buy-in. They're not just going to follow yeah. you. They're not idiots. I do question why Why are we the motivated dap? You know, the, these other daps are just kind of... Yeah, they're kind of chill. There's not a lot of daps with a lot of... 
There's not a lot of dap well, go-getters in the world, apparently. I my here's maybe I'm getting way too deep into this. Oh, you know how the at the intro screen there's like this stream of like dap spirits or proto daps, if you will. Uh huh. I think of the dap as being like a collective consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> this is all going in a in, in now a wiki for the dap game well, that we're going to start. This is purely my own speculation. On it. Okay, but it would make sense. With how the game functions, yeah, and how they they just kind of follow you around. Are we the I queen? Queen Dap is you're that the queen? Oh, that the, makes me feel good. Yeah, uh, you're Beyonce, Slay Queen. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out is they do a few clever things. Like you know how at one point you get the fire guy following you. Oh yeah, I love that. And there's Dap in the water, and you're like, well, I can't get him because you have to light a fire by it. But wait, I have a fire, but he is following me. Yeah, and, and that kind of allows you to recruit them. So there are a few kind of puzzle-type things yeah, in no. it as well. Yeah, I, when I say straightforward, it's not just purely action. There are a few things you need to think about. And think about how much, you know, they had to add that and program that into the game. And you know it was a lot of work to do that. Yeah. I just appreciate that, right? Anytime it isn't expedient to just generate more of the core gameplay, but you add a new element to it, that's pretty cool to me. Um, One additional thing, we we described this as a horror game, which it has those elements, but you aren't like defenseless in this game. Like you can can fight, uh, you can throw down. Yeah. I kind of thought this might be the type of game where you just run away all the time, but it definitely... Helplessness? Yeah, yeah. that that isn't the case. No, no. I'm a powerful, independent dap, and I don't need no man. (laughs) Don't need need no man. (laughs) Um, one thing that kind of is interesting is that also timing is another element of a lot of games, right? Like if you're playing inside, there's elements where there's kind of like puzzle elements where you have to wait till something happens and then respond. Or if you're playing a Dark Souls game, you need to time your attacks, right? That's a big part of it. Here, there's a little bit of that. And there's kind of a funny thing where, you know, there's those plants. And if you hit them when they're about to burst, then you get an extra bonus. I thought that might have been a Metroid, Super Metroid reference, because you go in the room and you see a guy doing that thing, and Which, it's kind oh, of like, like the with the ostrich wall jump. thing jumping. Oh, doing the I was thinking of doing the squat jump, the propel yourself into the air. Well, I was thinking of the wall jump when you okay, see yes, you yeah. go and see the creatures doing the wall jump, and then you can mimic it. Yeah, and they that, do the same thing with the power jump in Metroid, Super Metroid. Yeah, that may not be a reference, but um, yeah, no, it, but that's also a great. It's philosophy. a great way to do it. Yes, I mean to yeah. just show people. Yeah, um, I did want to say that this game just feels good. It feels good to play. Oh yeah. The controls feel tight. Um, that game comes back to my comment about polish. You know, yeah, this game yeah. is a this game is a finished, start to finish, good game. Yeah, you know, it 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 uh, is definitely at a perfectly acceptable level of of responsiveness and uh, game feel. Um, the only minor complaint I have is, uh, I'm interested to see what you think. I felt at times there was some like visual clutter. Yes. Like it was a little hard to read at times. Yeah, which in some ways could be seen as a positive, I think, to some people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um you know, like you distinguishing might want... enemies from background yes. and, and that kind of shit. Yes. You might like a little bit of that ambiguity, but not there was some pretty it was pretty pervasive in some spots that you're like, okay, could I get a little more yeah. clarity on what's an enemy or what's not or not 
like game breaking by any means. Yeah, but that was my one complaint. Um, yeah. But now let's let's move on to I think two of the really uh, exemplary parts of this game. So first, the the graphics and presentation. Yeah, I've learned if I'm a sucker for anything in terms of like game trailers, <laughs> it's, it's... R- good pixel art. Man, yeah. oh, I yeah. fucking love good pixel art. This is a retro looking game, and it it's just unique enough to draw me in they do they make little interesting choices like the thing that stood out to me the most for as an example the levels are often bordered by like a canopy of trees yeah and the canopies in this game are made of this kind of network of like cubic grid pattern it's hard to describe no that's 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 a pretty good description chris but (laughs) i I gotta say it's kind of reminiscent of nes graphics to me it's a Um, weird it's a weird mesh of like i would say almost like picasso type cubism and pixel arts and uh kind of like a there's almost like a circuit element to it yeah there's a lot of a lot of ways well, it can be interpreted. What I was thinking is it's, it's kind of like impressionistic in a way in, in that it's not like trying to accurately capture it. Yeah. You know, it's trying yeah, to yeah. give you a certain mood, a certain kind of flavor. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And you definitely get the feeling in this game that there's always kind of something out of your periphery, right? Like, I love that about it, yeah. right? Yeah. They play around with that at times, too. Things kind of scampering oh, yeah. out at, in the... When the dark dap is kind of just 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 on the in edge. the border of the screen, yeah. yeah. Um, and I should mention too, with that, there's there's an obvious, I would say, kind of geometricness to the to that effect you're talking about, and yet the game is overwhelmingly organic, and it's another one of those dichotomies. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that you'll find in the game, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in our impromptu text interview with uh, Paul and Iris. I I think what this game does well graphically and it, this is also coming from this the music it really creates the impression of being a small creature in this really dark overgrown forest path. Oh yeah. Like that's what the whole game is and yeah. I don't know. I just found that it really immersed me. Yeah. And it, that that just speaks to their skill in in developing that atmosphere. Uh, yeah, like great you'll hear setting some, for a game. Some water dripping and yeah. oh yeah, see the mushrooms and uh, that's and that's a great segue because I, I mean what goes hand in hand with the the visuals here are the audios in this game, right? The, the music and sound design was the absolute standout category to me for this game. Um, the the music is definitely more of a background score you may you probably won't remember and like hum tunes from this game there's not a lot of like bangers in this <laughs> <Right>. game <laughs> but again they have these subtle shifts like a, a level won't just have one song that plays throughout yeah you'll you'll go into another section and a, a little voice will be added or it may have this kind of warm synth tone and then they'll add in something more distorted or menacing or another counterpoint to a rhythm. And it is, it's just masterfully done. Like whoever, I can't remember who did the music and sound, 
They're really, really talented. Yeah, it's that's all Paul and the development team. Oh, so, okay. so basically, you know, Iris is handling primarily the presentation aspect from the visual standpoint, mm-hmm. and Paul is handling it from the audio standpoint. Oh wow! And yeah, they both just nail their roles there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so impressive. Um, and, and down, I, I would say, in addition to the music, the actual sound design of. Uh, you know, even the dab voices, right, which we already talked about, are so endearing. And then right away, you're hit with the contrast between their their speaking voice and, for example, the deer spirit. Yes. It's so distorted and menacing sounding. And awesome. Yes. Oh, it it's sounds so awesome. good. Yeah. Uh, another favorite element of sound design is when you're in the corruption, there's this distorted rhythmic pulse, and it sounds like a heart trying to pump oh. blood harder and harder. Um, it gives you this anxiety. Yes. And it yeah. also serves a gameplay function of telling you, like, hey, you're about to You're getting into die. danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get out of the corruption yes um, okay yeah it's brilliant yeah it's yeah. it's so great yeah and, and you know that's accompanied by the the visual aspect of that kind of veiny growth on the heart you yes. know like all this stuff it really comes together well your your little health sphere also you see these kind of tendrils yeah red tendrils that come out the longer you're in the corruption so yeah they do um again it's back to the elegance thing. They didn't have a they could have put a separate bar in for the corruption or something, but just right. use what's already on screen. the story a little bit yeah i i don't have i mean again the main thing to emphasize with the story is it's very minimal and it's telling you you know that there's this corruption um i didn't really have a read on exactly if it was supposed to represent anything in particular but i guess what stood out to me is you learn kind of through a a variety of different ways that the dap themselves are corrupted and the reason I think that is cool is because it ties in with how you get the good ending in this game. Yeah. And this is kind of go is going back to my interpretation, but in order to get the good ending, you have to like find all of these seeds and completely grow up your grove of trees. Right. And these trees then att- attract dap spirits or proto dap. Yeah. My interpretation of that is if you fail to bring even one dap into your grove uh, the corruption persists it persists in that those daps that didn't make it in yes and it will spread through the dap again because of this this kind of collective right and, the, and there's these these errant daps that are still yes. out of your purview exactly I, yeah uh, yeah and again that's another gameplay element that we really didn't talk I, about yeah, but I, you yeah. are kind of you know building this this base of operations as you go. I have to admit, I missed a couple of the seeds, so, so I, did I. I did not get the And good that's actually, that's one of my complaints, though, is that I get that I want seeds. Seeds are good. But if you don't know that you aren't going to get the good ending from, if you miss one, you know, then 
Well, I guess you just don't care about your dap, do you? I guess I hate the daps. Um, Yeah, and and I guess the other thing I'll say about it is it does remind me, if we're making any comparisons, it does remind me of Hyperlight Drifter in... Really? Yeah, oh yeah. You didn't get that vibe? No, I didn't get that vibe at all. Oh, okay. You're wrong (laughs) and your opinion's stupid. The, The reason being... In Hyperlight Drifter, you'll remember that the the storytelling is done completely through through pictures, right? which I like because I'm illiterate. <laughs> right, not a lot of games he can really get behind nowadays. Um, Disco Elysium was awful. To play. <laughs> Just reading a book, um, but it's more of the atmosphere and kind of showing a couple of things of how, and letting you fill in the details yourself than yeah. it is. Uh, being very on the nose with you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not about spelling things out. It's about giving you this kind of sense of what's going on. Yeah, symbol and illusion more than directness. And mood and and feeling. Yeah, yeah. But let me ask you this. Is is it worse because it wasn't a more detailed story? No, I don't think so. I think it was fine. I mean, it's but it's more about there's there's some common themes they explore like the theme of persevering um Corruption in general, Corruption, right? Yeah. yeah. But we got to talk about the ending a little bit, though. The ending. I kind of said what I wanted to about the ending. You um, didn't say anything about the ending. Tell me about the ending, Chris. The ending. Well, okay. Actually, I'll, I'll talk about a cool moment before the ending. The ending. The cool moment before the ending. Go. So they, you're talking with I forget one of the skulls, one of the one of your skull pals, and it mentions the machine, and then you have this scene where there's the chased daps and they're going in and they're getting converted by the yes yeah 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 and there's kind of like six paths or whatever that are converting daps just one after the other and there's a flower in the middle that are like generating the daps and then they're coming to fires and then they're getting converted by by the skeleton guy that gave you the bomb power yes that guy also is interesting because he seems to like be disparaging you but But also also encouraging yeah. And he kind of seems to be a source of corruption as well. Yeah, so. no, that, that was my favorite character in the game, by the way, yeah. for sure. I didn't really have a sense of what his deal really was, but he but was... But I loved him. Intriguing. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that, that machine scene really stood out to me, you know, and it's kind of right before the ending, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, the ending boss, by the way, is when you fight mm-hmm. a mirror version of... Of yourself. Mirror fight. It's a dark, darkened dap that literally mirrors your movements. How did you beat him? Because I, I kind of feel like I... I cheesed him? Is is that what you did? Well, I saw on YouTube there's a, there is a way you can kind of really cheese it. I kind of dashed at him just at an angle and kind of tapped him with the side of my slash, and uh-huh. he wouldn't hit me when I did that. Yeah, and, and this is this. I mean, this whole this, it. You have to hit him a lot of fucking times. Yeah, to the point where I was like, "Well, this can't be how I should beat him." <laughs> Am I doing this wrong? Yeah, but it, it takes a while to beat him. No, I used the. I think there was like a tree in the middle that you could kind of use as cover, and you could kind of like what I did was you could kind of hit him, and then walk back, and so he walks into the tree and kind of use that as a way to kind of get him in position to hit him, and he couldn't hit you when you did it. I I just remembered. The cheesy way is if you dash and shoot at the same time, he can only do one of those things. So he'll just, or he, oh, really? you can, you can, you can slash and shoot, and he can only do one or the other. So yeah. that's how you can beat him. But it's like, it's, did they intend that? Yeah. To, uh, you know, 
And and I will say, like, I don't think it's a particularly inspired final boss fight. I think no. conceptually it's cool. I think it it's supposed to symbolize like you defeating. Oh, symbolically the it's you. cool. Yeah. Conceptually it's cool. But as an actual mechanical fight, this yeah. is no uh, highlight in that sense. If anything, you needed some clue as to how your behavior would be different from the Dark Dap and mm-hmm. could do something that he couldn't do. That would be way cooler. Think about it. That would be neat, yeah. Um, Dap 2, the sequel, the Dappening. Uh, you can use that. <laughs> the Dappening. <laughs> Electric Booga Dap. Um, <laughs> One other thing I wanted to ask you about. After you get the two orbs to the like mother statue, yeah, you go to this area and, you, and these two huge daps awaken. Oh yeah, the two big daps, and uh, they kind of tell you, "Hey, you need to set all the small daps free." Yeah, which which meshes with you know what you need to do to get the good ending. But yes, yeah, that's true. Um, I thought way that was too late of, in the game for you to actually yeah. do it. Like, well, you should. <laughs> I already <laughs> missed three seats. Um, but I thought that was interesting, even if it didn't really tie into the rest of the game so much. Yeah, and that's one thing I did ask them about too. And maybe I mean, maybe are, now's a good time. Good time I, I want to the... hear these uh, this correspondence with these developers. Let's yes. get into it, man. Let's get into it. So uh, I I wrote Melting Parrot, the uh, pair of Iris and Paul, and asked them some questions about the game, and they were gracious enough to. Uh, take the time to respond. So the first thing that I asked him here was that I mentioned that games like Hyperlight Drifter and Hollow Knight have a similar feel to Dap, uh, and maybe they've heard them compared to those games. Both of those games had a story that was largely based through illusion rather than kind of outright storytelling. Um, even in the in the you know Hollow Knight has this crazy advanced lore behind it right which is obviously i, do love, I mean a lot of people love that the environmental storytelling oh you yeah, have to piece great. things together i mean it's such a unique thing that games can do yes that yeah that not a lot of other mediums can do because you don't have the chance to interact because with it's the something world. you can explore yeah as much or as little as you want yeah um but so the question was can we expect more games from uh from melting parrot that build a deeper story element I understand that with this being their first game, they focused a lot on the technical aspects of the creation, uh, but would be curious if, if they wanted to kind of expand on that storytelling element a little bit more. And would do they ever revisit the world of DAP and build on it? And the response was, uh, they're definitely interested in making games of a similar nature, and they might not be exactly a sequel to DAP, but rather a spiritual successor, which I would be really excited to see. Um and then, of course, the other crazy thing about all this is that this was their first game. I'm sure so much of the development of this game was focused on what can we do? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and regarding the narrative, they would definitely like to build a more focused and understandable story in the future. And then they're well aware of the vagueness of Dap's uh, narrative, which, again, I don't think that's a strike against the game necessarily. I mean... Look at fucking Elden Ring, man. It's the most <laughs> yeah. popular game lately, and no one knows what that fucking game's about. That's a great, great call out. So it's certainly uh, not, uh, not a not to the detriment of the game exactly. At all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So regarding the big daps, I said I asked them. The story has a great structure and a cool cyclical twist where you become that dark dap that you interact with at the beginning. But I must admit that I am at a loss understanding the big daps. I'm glad you asked about this, because <laughs> yeah. I was too. Uh, so what can you tell us about the big daps? And uh, their reply was, 
they asked if I had played Zelda Majora's Mask. I have I never played that game. You never played that? It sounds really cool, actually. Yeah, we yeah we should play it sometime. Yeah. Um. So in Majora's Mask, there, I, I, my understanding is that there's four. I think they're called guardian spirits, and they are kind of. Uh, and again, I have not played the game. I'm sure someone's going to write hate mail at me. But these these four giants in the game kind of I think represent kind of protectors of the the world, right? They're guardian spirits, and spoiler alert for Majora's Mask the moon the angry moon you know the moon with the face oh, on yeah, it I yeah. think it comes down at it crashes point. into yeah. the yeah yeah but they they're the ones who save it right they're the ones who hold it up right so they're these oh. protectors of the land anyway uh, Iris here states that they're those they're the inspiration for those giant daps and they play a role in holding the together the world as it is which I, I love that I just cool. love just getting a piece of the lore here from yeah, straight yeah. from the the mouth of the creators I think that's cool that is cool and then th- there in, in some of the other interviews with Iris and Paul uh, they've mentioned that there's a sort of dichotomy in the graphics a grittiness and prettiness which I thought was a great way to describe it as well right um, and that there was an ominousness without grotesqueness. Um, I said that there was also a bit of a, geo- or a geometrical merging with an organic in the way that the graphics are done, particularly with regards to those, yeah, yeah. those canopies that you were referring to, right? Um, and I wanted to get into the technical aspects of that and ask, how were those implemented with this game? How did they come up with them? How did they actually create those? Um, and are there is there anything they're proud of from a technical standpoint? And and Iris, who was the you know the implementer of a lot of the graphical elements of the game, said that basically the textures that were on that you you witnessed in the game were sprites that were created uh, by basically messing around a lot in Photoshop and finding combinations of filters that created those patterns. It's just crazy to me that they had to work at that level. You know, like yeah, what like I mean in in Photoshop, like playing around trying to figure out how to make this look that's crazy in a bigger studio there would be a a guy an individual that was like yeah i worked on the water reflections (laughs) yeah in in this type of a game you have to do all of that work you have to make all those little decisions yeah that's it's crazy um that's why i just play games (laughs) i don't want to make them um that sounds like a lot of work And then they were just repeated as sprites implemented as tiles in the game. So, uh, And then she also said that they were particularly proud of the way they achieved the overall graphics with such a mixture of different techniques, particles. I think the particle effects are another huge yeah, yeah. You know, atmosphere element of it. This game does have... It's not just a generic retro-looking game. It really does have oh, a yeah. unique look to it. Yeah, absolutely. So that makes sense with, with their kind of method here. Um, and of course, I had to ask about the sound design in the game as well. Uh, I said this: the sound design is absolutely incredible, from the endearing dap dabs to the unsettling crescendos of the atmosphere. Right? We talked about a little bit. Uh, how are the dap voices recorded? What about the fantastic deer voice? Uh, I did. I did mention that I was reminded of Warhammer 40k Mechanicus. I'll I'll pipe in some sound effects from Mechanicus right here, so you can can get a feel for these. I uh, can't imagine the process that you have to go through to create this effect. And so Paul answered this for us. He said, uh, first of all, I love the sound design in Mechanicus, so thank you very much for the comparison. 
the dab voices were honestly a bit of a fluke. They were originally meant for a different creature in a much earlier version of the game that became Dap. Um, yeah, from what I heard of the development of this game, they had this idea for a little character called Dap, and then he was kind of playing around and was like, what if I put Daps everywhere? And then they kind of just became a mass, and then he, you know he just played with this idea of it. I love hearing about how the evolution of how some of these oh yeah you know games come to fruition um and in other interviews paul also did mention that the development was kind of stochastic he he basically played with what if ideas a lot right like what if we did this what if we did this and a lot of them just made it into the game and to me it's interesting that having these concrete limitations in your development ability influence their their creativity right because there's this idea of uh limitations enhancing our creativity rather than detracting from it so yeah i i just asked uh paul and iris if they agree or disagree with that and did they have any opinions or insights into that kind of manner of thought and any advice for future creators and uh they said they definitely agree that limitations encourage creativity it's a concept that if you have the possibility to make anything, that you'll make nothing because you won't know where to start, which I totally agree with, right? That's just, yeah. it, it's, it is somewhat counterintuitive, but I think it's so true. Having borders can, it can certainly kind of direct your energy. Yeah. You know? um, they also said that they would tell any creator and to themselves as a reminder that making anything is always better than making nothing. Which I think is our philosophy for this podcast, yeah. <laughs> if you would agree with me, Chris. Hey, it may suck t- sometimes, but uh, we're doing it. Yeah. It's, it might be better than not listening to a podcast <laughs> at all. <laughs> but yeah, it may go on to say that we tend to stop ourselves from making anything because we think it isn't good enough. But if you just keep making stuff and improving so little true. things, you'd be surprised at what you could do. So true. Yeah, absolutely. And this game is such a towering achievement to that yeah. line of thinking. You're asking all these highbrow, fancy, college-educated questions. I just want to know, are they going to make another game? Or yes. Do- okay. Yeah, that's perfect segue into the last <laughs> question, which uh, if you haven't seen, if you're not familiar with Melting Parrot, uh, check out meltingparrot.itch.io. Um, dot itch dot itch that's actually a, a real i believe it's a real like known gaming site dot itch dot std <laughs> oh my god um there is a game on there also that's called flore that's a kind of uh adventure spell it spell it for me f-l-o-r-r-a-e i'm pretty sure that's latin for flora okay or maybe flora is latin for flora <laughs> um but th- that's available at that website, I think, for free as well. It's kind of a, a chill exploration game, is my understanding. Mm. Um, so they don't have anything in the works right now, but soon that they get their, their schedule opened up, I'm sure there will be more very, very exciting projects from these two. Look, I'm, I'm going to call it here. They're going to they're gonna make a big... They're going to make a big, a big splash yes. in the indie gaming community. I agree. You heard it here. First, folks, they they that's right. They asked me to dap dap, and I said dap dap and dap. I said dap dap dap. <laughs> uh, hey, there's one more thing we got to do though. Tell me. Oh, there's also a postscript from them. Okay, first their postscript. Uh, they I, I mentioned that my girlfriend is an ecologist and was fascinated by the world of dap. She's imaginary. She's not a real. She person. goes to a different school. You wouldn't know her. Uh, Don't, and he's delusional. 
It's one of those AI-generated <laughs> girlfriends. I've only spoken with her online. He's a, he's a sick, sick man. Please ignore <laughs> this part of the podcast. And um, they they asked if maybe she recognized the sound of the Australian banjo frog in the soundtrack of the game as well. Do you know about the Australian banjo frog? Does it sound like this? <laughs> Actually, I do, <laughs> I do recognize that sound. It is very. <laughs> di- I didn't even know it was a frog sound. It's quite a haunting sound. It actually. is. Yeah, our frogs just sound fucking annoying by comparison. <laughs> All the uh, Puerto Ricans out there are just being like, "I wish they had those uh, those frogs." In oh, Rico. the super loud ones. Yeah, the coqui. <laughs> Anyway, um, man, we can almost play that. Just play that on the outro, right? Just have us talking it's, over it's this. It's good. I'm gonna fall asleep to that tonight. Yeah. Hmm. It's um, a. That's a. <laughs> wait. Oh, uh, I, I gotta give credit to where credits due for this YouTube video that we're watching with this sound. It's at the <laughs> the Bobble Bonk Dam. <laughs> you you Australians in your way of naming things. <laughs> it's a delight. Kookaburra. Kookaburra. Bobble Bonk. Uh, one more thing we got to do, though. Oh, man. I'm kind of dreading this. I know. Are you I dreading this? I knew you were, but we oh. have a duty, a sacred duty, as the, uh, as curators. the curators of the museum. That's true. The time has come for us <laughs> to decide, does this game belong in one of our prestigious collections? Can you, can you remind me again? To review the categories, we have Masterpiece. Uh, highest achievement in game design. Ambitious. It will endure through history as one of the best examples of game design of all time. Uh, next is Exemplar, which is a outstanding example of its genre. We have Curiosity, which is a game that may have some flaws, but still deserves to be remembered for being innovative or remarkable in some way. Uh, maybe a more unique game that doesn't fit into any major genres. Uh, we also have the Preservationist Collection, which is kind of a historically important game, even though it maybe hasn't aged so well. And finally, we have the Bin of Mediocrity. Mm, mediocrity. A game that is doomed to be forgotten. So can you give me one one example of each in each category? An example of each? Okay. Um so we got masterpiece. We got two of them so far. That surprises me. We only have two, but this is. I mean, that's it. Masterpiece is. Uh, it's that a is big tough statement. to get into. Uh, we got Outer Wilds and Return of the Obra Dinn in that category. Exemplar would be a game like Divinity Two, uh, Into the Breach. Those are a couple of examples. Uh, Curiosity. We have Kentucky Route Zero, uh, Preservationist, and you you want me to say. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> we have Fax Sanadu and Maniac Mansion, and the Bin of Mediocrity is populated by three games. RimWorld, which, man, I liked fucking RimWorld. The, listen, ben, I liked RimWorld. Don't get me wrong. All right, we're not talking about RimWorld. Fine. <laughs> uh, there's also Star, Renegades, and West of Loathing. Uh, so I, I could see this isn't a masterpiece, 
It's not a masterpiece. It's not an exemplar. It's not an exemplar. I could see curiosity because the the point I would make was obviously number one, I'm a softie at heart. And I think I do want this game to get more appreciation. Yes. And I think it's unique remarkable feature could be the atmosphere yes and the that they've achieved through the distinctive graphic style and the really really high-end sound design and music yes um it's not preservationist obviously yep the other option is ben would be tosser in the bed <laughs> Which again, there what? are some. I just want to point out there, there are, are some, some good games in the bin. The bin is here. Here's the thing that with the museum, the bin of mediocrity is fucking practically everything if you think about it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's ninety we're only playing eight, games. We're playing really good games for this yes. podcast by and large. Yes. So the bin is like ninety eight percent of games probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This one's a tough one for me because curiosity or the bin. What's it gonna be? Okay. I am leaning toward bin, but here's what I'll say though. Okay. Here's what I'll say. I, I want to put it in the bin with the caveat. There's no caveats in the bin. <laughs> it's the fucking bin. God, but it seems so cruel. It, it is they cruel. They wrote an, it is an cruel. email. <laughs> I can't do that. Here's the thing. We we haven't imposed limits on each of the categories. I think we we may eventually need to do that. There there's well, okay, go ahead. But for now, purely because I think more people need to play this game, I, I propose curiosity. Ah, see, now this this is my caveat here. You ready for this? I'm ready. I almost think that there should be a, a collection of kind of hidden gems, like Diamond in the Rust oh, type of deal. okay. You see what I'm saying? Now I, now I, you know, that's actually You take really back good. your your disparaging comment about my... Do we, do we dare add another shelf? I, it's... To the, you know, that is really good. That's a good, that's a good idea for a shelf, right? It is a very good idea. Um, especially because I think it's a very valuable service. Yeah. Like we talked about, you could, that could be a podcast. Yeah. And we might not have many games. of those. It may be rare, but yeah, Especially I like it. You given, know what? Given the insane statistic of the number of reviews for the game, that is particularly crazy. You know, it looking is. back, how few people I mean, have reviewed this game. Compare this West of Loathing. I I enjoyed this game much more than West of Loathing. No, totally not agree. even close. Yeah. Um, and it had. I can't even do the fucking math. 20 times? Over 20 times? No, no. West of Loathing had 8,000. 80, oh, my God. So 80 yeah. times. 80 yeah. times. Um, yeah, let's let's do this. What should we call this shelf? We're just doing that's this on question. the fly. Hidden gems, even though that I fucking hate gems. that, but that's what it needs to be Uncut called. Uncut gems, the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, hidden gems. Hidden gems, yep. Cool. We're, we're gonna Hidden add gems. It. We're adding a category. The inaugural uh, journey Dis- of hidden gems. Fast and loose here. Hidden gems is is now populated by one game, and that game is DAP. Will it be joined by other games in the future? Only know. time will tell. I mean, we're mainly playing games that we fucking want to play. <laughs> yeah, that's so very it, true. It, it could be that this will be the sole uh, occupant. Yeah, of the but shelf, but every but once in a while, we find something that piques our interest. Yeah, 
Um, so there, there might be some. I was questioning how did I find this game? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it just came up on my Steam feed of recommended games somehow. And I saw the trailer. I'm like, yeah, I'll it's do this It's a good thing. trailer. It's a good trailer. It's a good looking game. Yeah, yeah. This, to me, this got us, because I think you mentioned it to me. You watched then, the trailer and were pretty much immediately like, like yes. yeah, I'll do this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it kind of reminds me of how I got into... Um, KRZ was that way for me. Well, KRZ, sure. yeah. But yeah. also uh, Return of the Oberdin, where it has such a unique visual style that just draws you in, which is a real credit to the game as well, right? Like, and then it turns out to be a fucking masterpiece of a game. <laughs> that, in the case of Return, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we still haven't played Papers, Please, too. I we know. Need to well, we'll get there. Guys, there's too many games, too little time. Uh, well, let's just leave that playing for the outro yeah. here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Banjo frogs. We get the banjo frogs chirping away. Um, hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, please tell your friends, if you have any, <laughs> subscribe and review Jesus. us on your podcast platform of choice. We would very much appreciate it. And a special thanks to, of course, Paul and Iris at Melting Parrot for uh, responding to our questions and contributing to the podcast, and providing us with this awesome game to play. We have a website. It's the-mmg.com or themuseumofmoderngames.com. That's all one word with no punctuation. Uh, you can find a list of the games we're planning on playing next if we update it. And we also have a Discord server for anyone that wants to join to share their thoughts or joining our, our little bullshit conversation <laughs> we have going on. Um, if you want to join, though, just send us an email. We'd be happy to... Uh, include you in the family uh and also if you want to help support us on patreon you can pick the game we play next yeah get get us another hidden gem would you please please no honestly i would love that really because you know there's a lot of them out there yeah oh yeah but who has the time to find them not me not me man we need you we need your help you you loser (laughs) please (laughs) we'll see y'all next time